Charles Brown, a man who never learned to read or write, was the son of a Virginian slave owner and a slave who wanted to start a new life in Texas after the Emancipation Proclamation was passed in 1863. After arriving in Texas, Brown soon discovered the town of West Columbia. Although the fields were not suitable for planting cotton, he fell in love with the landscape of the area. He also fell in love with and married, a young woman by the name of Isabella who was a slave on the dance plantation in the area. With a limited amount of resources, given to him by his father, who doubled as his master, Brown began purchasing land little by little over the years, which resulted in him owning approximately one-third of the land in West Columbia. Ultimately, Brown was even able to purchase the dance plantation home, where his wife had been a slave. On this episode of The Oil Rig, Columbia High School student-led podcast we will explore the life and legacy of Charlie Brown. Welcome back to our show. Please stay tuned for part 2 of Charlie Brown Parallels to the Past. that mindset. Mr. Jerry, can I ask you, do you think that the issue of like young women, this affecting them with making their hair like straight or more silky or the comb pressing, do you think this is still relevant today? Do you think young African-American women or people of color in general still do this today to try to appear more quote unquote white? That is a huge issue in the African-American culture and schools have outlawed certain dress styles of dress. And so it seems like some of the dress code rules are based on culture. In the 70s, there were afros. Then there were rules about how you had to have your hair above your collar. Uh, You couldn't have long beards because some of those things were in the culture. So for instance, if you were Muslim, you would grow a long beard. But to make sure that you were culturized in the school, there is a rule against long beards. And a lot of people, not just African-Americans, they do face what we like to call the Americanization. And yes, currently to this day with their hair because they want to become accepted. In the African-American community, it is a very huge thing. Sometimes you might see a young girl might have braids one day and then in the next week, the braids will be blue and then she'll take it out. And so it's a very prideful thing for the African-American is to, to take care of your hair. There are some rules that schools and society does place to make it acceptable and for the culture. Which is actually what I wanted to talk about in today's episode, American issues with everything that is happening today. And how we can relate that back to Charlie Brown. For one thing, I have to tell you, as an educated person, an educated, I'm a teacher, I am quite surprised that you don't hear more about Charlie Brown. He, at one time, like Nikki was saying, created this lumber business and became one of the largest landowners or the largest landowner of his time in Brazoria County. And he was a multimillionaire at a point where African-American people were extremely oppressed. That's extreme for a, a person of his situation to be the wealthiest man in the area. He was employing white people. I know I just moved here from a bigger school in the city and I had no idea who Charlie Brown was what he did until I moved down here. I know one day uh, we were talking about it in class and I was confused because everyone with the name Charlie Brown associates his name with the cartoon character and that it's just not right. Did you hear about that in a history class or did you learn about Charlie Brown when we decided we started as a class pitching this for the podcast? When we started pitching it as a podcast. 
At my old school, we didn't really focus on the Emancipation Proclamation in general. It was signed in 1863, and then we went on to a different unit. So the Emancipation Proclamation wasn't really taught in general. In 1863, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed. This is pretty much common knowledge to most people who are educated, but not a lot of people know that it took almost two whole years for Texas slaves to be freed because transportation or people dragging their feet or maybe people in Texas didn't want the enslaved to be freed, but it took two years later. So it was 1865 by the time Texas enslaved were freed and given quote-unquote rights, although they were not treated the same at all. Charlie Brown started his celebrations on June 19th, 1865. I grew up celebrating Juneteenth, June 19th. It was always a staple in my family to um, celebrate June 19th. But what was eye-opening for me as a assistant principal when I came down here and I'm looking around, seeing how more than likely my family had to come up the Brazos River to settle where I grew up. And I grew up not too far from the Palo Alto Plantation. And when the Emancipation Proclamation happened and the Juneteenth happened, my family moved to a sharecropper situation. And five miles away from my house was established a land-grant college at the same time Texas A&M was established. Texas A&M was established to get, and Prairie View A&M University was established at the same time. And Edwin Waller is the one who donated his plantation land so that they could build Prairie View Normal School. And so the reason why they had to build a normal school was a college to teach African-Americans to become teachers. It was a teacher's college. And so my family lived around that area. So when I came down here, it was an eye-open experience to see how my family rose up the Brazos River in order to get to that particular plantation. And it was also odd too, is that a lot of plantations are next to rivers. So it's a real eye-open experience that the people who lived in those areas are probably descendants of enslaved people. There were two years and they would have never let those enslaved Africans off the plantation had the United States Army had not come up the Brazos River freeing people on these plantations. That was General Gordon Granger. When he came down here, did he went to Galveston or did he come down to West Columbia? He went to he went up the Brazos River and he went up the rivers because that was where the plantations were, were located. I believe the order he was, landed in Galveston. Uh, yeah, I believe the issue was ordered publicly in Galveston, but he did ensure go around and ensure that they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. This all kind of brings things full circle for me, but I'm actually really enjoying this project with you guys because I'm learning a lot as well. Yes, me too. You can subscribe to our podcast here or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Be sure to give us a like and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Thanks for listening.